This week's podcast brought to you by the Walla Walla Walla. We had a house guest yesterday. You weren't here, and uh, I asked the gentleman, your dad, if he wanted something to drink, and he said yes. And I said, what can I get you? He said seltzer. And so I got him a can of polar orange vanilla seltzer, the only one left in the fridge. He cracked it open. He took a swig. He grimaced, nearly did a spit take. And uh, I said, uh, would you like something else instead? And after he finally recovered from the, what he evidently couldn't hardly choke down, he said, no, this is cold and I'm thirsty. There's no pain, no gain, and we found that to be fact. The road might twist and turn a bit, but we all arrive intact. Mr. Mom and Mrs. Dad having each other's back. Day by day, just to keep it sane. Who's the ball and who's the chain? It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. We're recording this podcast earlier than usual. It's uh, 9.15 or something. Mm-hmm. And I just pointed out to you before we started recording that uh, we have 18 eggs, a dozen and a half eggs in the basement fridge that expired today. And you said, oh, well, then let's eat them today. And now I face the day with the grim prospect of eating 18 eggs like I'm cool hand Luke. I, I, I don't want 18 I, eggs. I, don't, I didn't mean you have to, we should eat them today. I just mean I will have no problem myself eating eggs tomorrow or the next day that claim to expire today because they'll be cooked. I have no problem putting an egg that claims on its box that it expires today to to use them in a cookie recipe or something where I'm going to be baking it anyway. Like it's just sort of, I think, you, you, think- you said they, 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 we have expired eggs that need to be thrown away. I said, well, when did they expire? You said today. Well, they're still fine for a couple of days, and you don't have to eat them, but you, I'll, I'll scramble some up. I'll throw some you, in some baked goods. You think the eggs themselves are making the claim? You, you know what I mean. The the person who has stamped the egg carton claiming that the eggs expired today, but you would have eaten them yesterday, well, but I, you I'm, won't eat them today. I, I don't think they, they, they expire at midnight or anything, but I thought I, I just thought maybe you could plow 18 eggs into some kind of a souffle that you would then serve tomorrow. Yes, I could do that too. Actually, I could make one of those like French toast casserole things tonight to eat tomorrow. It's like when I when I recently And would that be okay? Would those would those eggs be okay if they expire today? So today they're still good. If today I made one of those overnight casseroles, but then you that's cook the, it that's, tomorrow. That's the question. And, and would, I know would, I know what the answer is. The answer is is, the answer? is uh, that's okay because when we went to when we went on vacation, I had hotel loyalty points that were expiring right like the day that I had to use them right so I used them for a hotel stay that we used at Logan Airport 3 weeks later so right. the the points themselves expired but they were still usable 3 weeks later for the hotel stay in the by that so same you think principle the eggs the and eggs, hotel points are the same in that regard 100% okay like think of these eggs as the Logan Airport Hilton. That that makes them seem very yummy to me. Like milk is a perfect example. Like you know when milk is expired. At least I do because I have a sensitive olfactory. <laughs> like you can you smell it. You are a sensitive olfactory. <laughs> there we go. You can you can smell the egg or not the eggs. You can smell the milk when it's expired. Um, and so sometimes it lasts. You know, you, you it's good to have the date because you're like, ah, is this milk on the edge of expiration? Is it still okay? Um, but there are certain things that you can tell. Eggs are a little bit trickier. But speaking of eggs, find yourself find yourself a woman who who likes to sniff her eggs <laughs> speaking in of, the morning. Speaking of eggs. Our daughter, our youngest, our 12-year-old, we, I don't know how this – oh, I know how this happened. She has a friend who um, 
her friend has six siblings, so the parents have seven children. And I guess that this got her going down a rabbit hole because she was using my phone in the car to look up like the most um, children a woman has ever had. And she found one, and I think it was it was in the 60s. It was like 60 In the 1960s? No, it was in the 1700s. The woman, they said the woman had 60-something children. I no. think it might have. Of course, no. Of course, no. And she's. Oh, and, I, I, I wasn't sure that. No. I wasn't sure that you were. I was doing not the math. buying this. Yeah. But our daughter said, you know, she, and she's reading the article. It's from the 1700s. And she had this many sets of twins, this many triplets, this many. I said, I said, so so add all of that up. So we was, added. Was she going to St. Ives? So, so we added all of it up. I said, so she was pregnant 27 times. Or no, it was more than that. It was it was an exorbitant amount of times. And I was just like, this is this is impossible. I said, Rose, even though it says this here and they've documented it, and maybe it's even in the Guinness Book of World Records, at some point you have to say in your brain, no, it's impossible for this woman to have given birth 60, have had 67 children and however many births it ended up being because they claimed many, many multiples. But it was, um, anyway, we were having this conversation in the car. As I was going to St. Ives, I met a man with seven wives. Each wife had seven sacks. Each sack had seven cats. Each cat had seven kits, kits, cats, sacks, and wives. How many were there going to St. Ives? I think this is the lady who was going to St. Ives. Well, no, it was a man with seven wives. Well, she was using my phone, so I just looked into one of the um, the pages or whatever open on my phone. Mrs. Vasilyeva, this is in Russia, claims, they claim that she had 69 children, four, what is it when you have uh, four um, at, a, at a time? Is that octuple? No, that's eight. Uh, quadruplets. Quadruplets. Four quadruplets. Four, four sets times, of quadruplets? Four sets of quadruplets, seven sets of triplets, and 16 sets of twins. So she was pregnant 27 times, giving birth to 69 children. I'm just, I'm just saying, I don't you're, care you're that it's documented in, in whatever this claims to be documented what in. What do you mean documented? It's, it's, uh, it's bull. It well, did not happen. What document are you citing? Your phone? Yes, I'm citing my phone. Anyway, this was in the 1700s um, where this claim. And, and, and it's under, it, this is from the Guinness Book of World Records. It is from the Guinness Book of World Records under the heading, Most Prolific Mother Ever. I mean, I would think Diana Taurasi lays claim to the most prolific mother ever. She just... It's the only player in WMA history to ever score 10,000 points. Mother ever? <laughs> yes, exactly. You you want to ask me about, but let's, let's think of all the other ways you can be considered the most prolific mother ever. And, uh, and I don't know that I would put the 69 claimed births up there. Mrs. Vasilyeva, incidentally, lived in a shoe. <laughs> Here's the thing I remember. Uh, this I haven't looked on my phone or anything. This is just in my head for uh, 56 years now from those fairy tale books. Barber, barber, shave a pig. How many hairs to make a wig? Four and 20, that's enough. Give that barber a pinch of snuff. A pinch of snuff? Yeah. That was their uh, their tip? Yeah. What was snuff? Was that like, like what we... Dipping tobacco? What was snuff? Oh, so you, I think you uh, snorted it. But was it tobacco? Yeah. Hmm, lovely. <laughs> it was a it was a it was a uh, snortable form of fluff, the marshmallow, spreadable marshmallow treat that didn't get stuck on its way in. <laughs> it's, it was a it was a, it's a it was a uh, amalgam of, of sniff and fluff, mm. snuff. Delightful. Snuff is a type of smokeless tobacco product made from finely ground or pulverized tobacco leaves. It's snorted or sniffed into the nasal cavity, delivering a swift hit of nicotine and a lasting flavored scent. Not that we endorse this, but you as our as our uh, former disgusting. cog in the tobacco industry, yeah. big tobacco uh, purveyor, you ought to have known that. I should have. My, my, again, I, my tobacco 
experience working on the tobacco farms was cigar wrapper, the, the leaf that made the cigar wrapper. Um, I don't know. Snorting things just doesn't were, seem were, like a were, pleasant you were, you way were, to ingest anything. You were in the packaging end of yeah, the, of the exactly. tobacco game. Exactly. But right, like I don't even like, you know, sometimes you, they, you're supposed to put like a saline spray in your nose if you're um, – got a cold or whatever you don't like snorting things snorting is not no it's just not a good word well it's a terrible word and just the thought of inhaling a substance through your nose is also just not particularly appealing to me and yet you get you get weird kicks sniffing expired eggs how do you explain (laughs) that Last night, I took our daughters to see the Barbie movie. I hadn't seen the Barbie movie yet. One of our, two of our daughters had seen it. One of them had not. Um, so we went to see the Barbie movie with the three girls, plus um, a, f- a couple of them brought a friend. And it was a Wednesday night, so our, our oldest looked at the you know, the seat map in order to buy tickets because now it's like a reserved seat, a specific seat in the movie theater. She's like, oh, she showed it to me. It was wide open. You know, only a couple of tickets had been sold. So she buys the tickets in the very back row. I was like, you want to be in the very back? She said, yeah, it's the best row to be in. Let's get tickets in the very back row. Those are the tickets that go first, I think. Yeah. So it's like six. There are six of us. Plus you're you're, you're the first to board. (laughs) Right. So we get there, and I and it says right on the ticket where we're sitting, and so I hand each kid their ticket, except two of the kids are, like, getting their snacks or something. But this person wants to sit next to this person. This person wants to sit next to, sit, sit next to this person, so I hand out their tickets. So we go in. There's a couple people in the theater. We go up. Of course, there's a couple. And occupying your occupying seats. Occupying two it's of the uncanny. seats. Which isn't, like, it isn't a big deal. There's plenty of other seats in the back row. It was only a thing because but they, they bought seats because I handed each kid their ticket, knowing, you know, who wants to sit next to who and who doesn't want to sit next it's, to me. It's the whole reason that they sell them that way, and these people bought tickets the same way that you did with a with a specific seat. Yes, so this is this is what binds a society together is adhering to these. So I just told the kids, I'm like, oh, let's go sit down here. And then one of them's like, well, what, which t- seats are ours? And so well, then I have to whisper, those people are in our seats. <laughs> so it was fine. We you did it loud, loud enough for them to hear, right? No, it was fine. We we enjoyed the movie. Our seats were, were very near the seats we were supposed to be in. <laughs> and uh, But it was just Also like, very near the seats that they were supposed to be in, yes. presumably. Who knows? Who knows where their seats were supposed to be? But um, – I, I would have said, excuse me, but you're in our seats. This is an empty theater. Go you sit know, somewhere else. Go sit in, in somebody else. else's seats. So, yeah, it was um, it was interesting. And I'm also guessing the movie theater was uh, understaffed. Um, when we got there, there was like two high school-aged, maybe college-aged boys who were like eager to help us. Well, one of them was eager. The other one just said, you do that at his cash register. Like he didn't want to sell us the things of popcorn that we then would fill ourselves, but um, the buckets. Anyway. Um, you told me last night when you got home that you bought three buckets of popcorn, knowing that each individual bucket has free refills. I know. It, so it was poorly planned. Let me, let me finish this part of the story. So they're clearly understaffed because we went in, when we went in to get in our seats, there were like empty popcorn things and soda things from the previous movie that had been in there that had not yet been cleaned out. But yes, you're, you're right. So there's six of us. So we got three things of popcorn for people to share. Way too much popcorn. We bought way too much popcorn. It, if I Next time I go to the movie, if I'm thinking ahead, I'll buy one bucket of popcorn and do what we did when the kids were little and just bring sandwich bag like the brown paper bags to dole it all out because that's the issue. You don't want to be passing one thing of popcorn down a line of six people plus sitting in the people next to you who've taken your seat. Some theaters, possibly this one, provide those bags at the at the popcorn no, you station. No, you buy. You have to buy the bags. They no, don't. Oftentimes the... there are there are plastic bags there at the popcorn. Okay, well, station. I don't. I didn't see any of those yesterday. It doesn't mean they weren't there. I just wasn't looking for them. Um, so yes, we way overspent on popcorn, and then. 
most people's popcorn bucket and the whole appeal of those is like free refills not even half not even close to half of the popcorn had been eaten you know with two people sharing one of those buckets so i did bring one giant bucket of popcorn home which our son had no problem just hoovering down and eating that but um yeah it's been a long time since i've been to a movie theater clearly um you know purchased the wrong quantities at the concession stand and then um, thought that the seats we purchased would be unoccupied. What was the uh, age of the of the people in your seats? Um, I would guess 50s, early 50s, late 40s, uh, a couple people who know better. Maybe maybe their eyesight, though, they, they thought they were in their seats. I don't know. What do you think their reaction would have been had you uh, ousted them? Like my dad ousted me from his Archie like, Bunker chair when me, I was a I kid. I think you're in our seats. Um, it would the it would not have been worth the effort. Certainly not. I would have just done done, done the Don Russian thumb and whistle the right out of my seat, Chester. Right. Yeah, yeah. No, it wouldn't have been worth it. But you kept saying, um, "I think they were understaffed because." And the end of that sentence is because it's 2023 and every single place is understaffed. Right. When we were in Seattle, and you sent me out to get uh, burritos from a national chain of burrito purveyors, and I walked... I think it was rice bowls, but same same thing. It wasn't rice bowls? What are you talking about? <laughs> well, some some of the kids get rice bowls. Oh, burrito bowls from burrito the same bowls. place. Yes, yeah. yeah. Well, whatever. I, was, whatever, I would have gotten yeah. a burrito, but uh, I couldn't because when I walked half a mile to the place... And to my astonishment at dinner time, it was empty. I walked in. There were a few people behind the counters in the uniforms of this uh, place cleaning out the metal steam trays, whatever you call those things, <coughs> and a paper sign taped to the glass jeweler's case uh, where they keep the ingredients that said, uh, due to staffing shortages, we're only taking online orders. Now, there were no online orders in the little online order pickup shelf. There were no customers, and there appeared to be no food in these uh, containers. Um, but but think of, puzzle that one out. We're understaffed. We have a few people here, so we're not filling orders? Right. So anyway, that's yeah. my... Uh, well, I mean, you're right, though. You see it everywhere. Like, it's um, there's a lot of jobs and not a lot of people who want to fill them right now. Well, I mean, I don't know about that. I just know that there are a lot of places that eh, no. I mean, I don't think it's necessarily that. You go to a grocery store or an airport. There are still a dozen checkout lanes. But when is the last time you saw more than two or three checkout lanes open at any grocery? There, there will never be again. Oh you know, right. Why? Right. Why are there? You know, these places were built. You know, the airline counters were built to have a dozen people working at them. Right. But there are only ever three or four. Right, because now there's all the self-service kiosks or self-service checkouts or that sort of thing. Yeah, because they don't want to pay people to right. to do those jobs, not because people don't want to do the jobs. Well, I think, though, I, I do think there still is a, a labor shortage, isn't there? Oh, I think so. So I, I think it's – I'm not saying they don't want to do them. I'm just saying for whatever reason, yeah. there is a labor labor shortage. You know who didn't have a labor shortage? <laughs> Mrs. – what's her name? Vasilyeva. I guess. Should we get to viewer mail? Let's get to viewer mail. Big bad look, throw our lure. Reel us in with your viewer mail. Kathy from Torrington writes. Kathy with a K. She's our resident behavioral health nurse. Hello, Kathy. Or I was probably a behavioral health nurse, not a behavioral health nurse. Correct. Steve and Rebecca writes, Becky, I listen to the podcast on my way back to work, and while listening, I need to write about this and that, but by the time I get to work, I completely forget to write. I can't quite remember everything I've wanted to write about, but I will do my best. This is, this is uh, headlined, I'm finally writing. 
Thanks for posting DGS's photo. It was great to hear he's progressing with his treatment and that his mobility is improving. I'm sending positive thoughts his way, hoping for a speedy recovery. Remember to stay positive and don't get too frustrated when things get tough. Spoken from our resident behavioral nurse. Family vacation. At the end of June, I went with my daughter and 14-year-old granddaughter, Lily, the pod's resident rabbit expert, to Seattle to see my oldest brother. I hope she didn't have her heart set on a burrito bowl while she was there. The plan was to camp in the North Cascades, but Delta lost all of our luggage, so after shopping for some clothes, we stayed with a friend of my brother's who lives in the mountains and went whitewater rafting and hiked every day. Oh, that sounds awesome. I mean, not the clothing part, but the whitewater rafting you sounds know what? great. Losing, losing all of my clothing sounds awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I would have said good riddance. Oh, my gosh. Not if you're planning on camping. No, no, though. of course Holy not. Holy cow. We didn't make it to Mount Rainier, but the views in the North Cascades were absolutely amazing. We've done a lot of, a ton of hiking in Connecticut, but the mountains here are nothing compared to the North Carolina, the, to the North Cascades. That was one of our children, I think, or possibly you, Probably not you, but no, somebody said when we were hiking, said, yeah. you know, I wish we had mountains in Connecticut. And I said, well, we do have mountains in Connecticut. We have but the Berkshires like 45 minutes right. away uh, in western Massachusetts, but not like these, yeah. Right. Since we were flying back on a red eye, my brother asked what we wanted to do on our last day. He said, anything but touristy things in Seattle. My granddaughter said she wanted to see the Space Needle and other touristy things in Seattle, and he agreed. I'm sure if I asked, he would never have agreed. I'm sure if I had asked, Becky writes, he would never have agreed. Lily found a print shop below the Pike Place Market, Pike Street Press. I think that was her favorite store. We saw that. We saw that place, yeah. Absolutely. We passed that several times during the week, but we never went in. I think that was her favorite store. They print everything on an old-fashioned printing press. It was an amazing store. Lily and my brother also played life-size checkers at a festival we went to. We had so much fun. We all loved the whole trip and can't wait to go back great place proud grandma moments one of lily's rabbits that she bred won best of show in the litchfield county 4-h fair this year congratulations that's awesome that's amazing over the summer she has also been winning road races and i'm excited to see how she does in her freshman year running cross country this year well it really is incredible how the podcast without us planning it out comes full circle we go from mrs volsieva and then breeding rabbits i just like that uh lily uh, breeds rabbits and runs cross country. Right. You know, yeah. I mean, it's like the greyhound chasing the the right. rabbit. Right. Around the track. And and speaking of full circle, your dad, the uh, long time, decades long cross country coach in high school, uh, is always gratified when um, you know kids take up cross country in high school. Mm-hmm. Although some middle schools have cross country yeah, now, do. doesn't your sister coach a cross country middle, middle, she does. middle yep. school cross country team? So good luck, Lily. Train story. I grew up in New Haven, and we had family friends in Rocky Hill, New Jersey, near Princeton. My two sisters and I would take the train to Princeton to visit them when we were twelve, thirteen, and fourteen. One time, we ended up with tickets uh, where we had to change trains in New York and had no idea what to do or where to go. We were running through the train station, slightly terrified. Unsure we had gotten on the right train until the conductor came by and confirmed we were headed to the right place. Uh, thank you for the mostly weekly entertainment. I truly enjoy listening to the podcast, laughing out loud on my way to work. Kathy from Torrington, our resident behavioral health nurse. Thank you, thank Kathy. You, Kathy. Trains have uh, really uh, returned to our lives with a with a vengeance. Uh, we were on trains often, obviously living in New York, but uh, our oldest now takes a train to and from New York. Frequently. Uh, quite frequently, including yesterday. I dropped her in the morning and picked her up at night. Or was that the day before? I can't remember. But, um, but yeah, I like hearing the, you know, it, it still has the, what is that, a whistle, I guess? Yeah. When it's pulling into the station and, uh, and uh, you know, I like the. Uh, the, one, the one train whistle I could have done without was when we were in Seattle. I was doing a phone interview with Holly Rowe for her. Uh, she yes. does something on Sirius XM radio um, covering the WNBA. And we were out for a walk, you and I, because the, the time difference. It was like 630 in the morning. And I was like, oh, I'll just do the this phone interview. Like, I'll stop along the walk and um, it'll be fine. Right, right when I started this interview, a train went by and screeching and screaming. It was miles long. It, it was like, what was it? Good. I took video because it was minutes. hilarious. You were hiding behind a uh, some kind of pillar 
with with one finger in your ear and the phone pressed to your other ear as this as this screeching uh metallic industrial clitter clatter clickety clack train was was screaming by what at at about two miles an hour it's unbelievable. and the thing was miles long it went on forever when you're doing a radio interview the only thing that matters is like the qual the sound quality I was like, oh, I've got enough bars. It's not going to be a problem. Or, or, or when you're doing a podcast, this is proof right. that the only thing that we care about is the sound quality. Right. right. And anyway, it was unbelievable. This miles-long train screaming as it's going down the tracks next to me. Um, yeah. Well, maybe if you send me that video, I can post it. This came up just uh, before we started recording this, and, and I hope you don't mind me bringing it up. If you do, you'll let me know. But uh, our daughter was saying when I was driving her back from the train station the other night, something somehow retirement came up, and you know, um, would mom, you know, when would mom retire? When would I retire? What would even retirement mean for me? I would think I would continue to write, you know, in court, sort of formal retirement. And I said, well, you know, I know mom loves her her work and she loves basketball, so I don't really see her sort of formally, you know, retiring in the sense of not, you know, kind of not uh, engaging with what she did for work for forever, which was basketball. And uh, we were discussing that. And I said, I said, let me put it this way. We went on a week vacation to Seattle during which she saw three WNBA games, flew back to Connecticut for the basketball hall of fame ceremonies. And, and then our daughter said, and she did those. And she did an, (laughs) did an interview on, Sirius XM about uh, about basketball. I said, so there you go. Well, in fairness, well, I mean, it's not in, an well, accusation or, or any kind of a condemnation. A it's a bit, it's, though, it's it a is. celebration of your love it, of basketball. It, it is a little bit, and your and your contempt for your family. It is a little bit, and it, what, it isn't. What, I swear. That's why I said I hope you don't mind me. But but knowing that I would mind slightly with the way you phrased it, because when we landed <laughs> there at like ten thirty in the morning and. You know, didn't expect to be able to get into the hotel till later that day. We went to the noon basketball game that everybody was excited to go to. We had no plans to go to the other two basketball games, and then our one daughter in particular begged there, to go. There to would the be games. no reason not to. And so I we went, went to. I went, but, it, but no, you, I, no, I don't no, want Rebecca, it to be. Pre- no, no, no. I went to. Finish. I went to a WNBA game and two uh, Seattle Mariners games. Let me, let me finish. And I probably would have gone to the Vikings Seahawks be- game if anybody had wanted to go to that. Okay. But it's not like we're on vacation and I'm saying, all right, guys, the, the storm are in town all week. We're going to go to all their games. We went to one. We didn't even know they were in town for three consecutive weeks. We went to I don't. one. And then our our one daughter begged to go to the other two. And we didn't have anything going on. And actually, one of them was the night on her that you, you and our son went to. A, yeah, one of them was on her birthday. So, of course, okay. She got to yes. call the shots that day. Yes. And then the other one, you and our son went um the Mariners game, and the girls said, "Well, let's go to a uh, let's go to the Storm game." So, absolutely. Well, I'm, I'm sorry I brought it up. So am I. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Rebecca and Steve. Writes Karen from St. Pete Beach, Florida. Completionist, completionist, and origins list. Thank you for so many great pods. Uh, so, originalist, got an originalist. I'm sorry. Um, what, what did you? Well, say? she's written origins list, but I imagine that's originalist. a typo. Yeah, no, an I bet it's an, oh, an originalist. Is a is a Supreme Court, you know? Kind I think of a, she probably put an originalist in her auto. That's what I'm saying. Or yeah, yeah. Switch that. Well, thank you, Karen. My wife and I are heading to Seattle in ten days to see the sights and board a cruise to Alaska. Well, uh, I mean, we saw those cruise ships that were. We met somebody who's the night before they were going to go on a cruise. A guy came up to us in a restaurant and said uh, he sat behind you and your mother on a flight to St. Louis. TWA flight. A TWA flight. That's how long ago it was. I was on TWA to St. Louis from New York, I remember, a couple of times. And um, and he said he sees me all the time in, in, in our town in Connecticut, mm-hmm. which I find hard to believe because I, I seldom leave the house. He may be... Maybe a peeping Tom because I, I, I don't leave the house. Um, but yeah, but he was leaving the next day. On for a Seattle cruise, cruise. On a cruise yeah. to Alaska, yeah. And our our, our um, tour guide on our little harbor cruise um, said that um, Alaska, uh, Seattle is the third uh, most prolific, let's say, cruise port in the United States after Miami and Fort Lauderdale. And Mrs. Vasilyeva. And Mrs. Vasilyeva, yes. <laughs> uh, that would be a great name for a ship, 
the Mrs. Vasilyeva. Really appreciated the notes on your experiences there in Seattle, but surprised no mention of the Underground Donut Tour. I extended our trip to catch the Mariners. The Underground Donut Tour, Rebecca. Underground. I, I know there's an Underground Tour. Did yeah. she call it the Underground Donut? Donut Tour. Um, and we, we did visit Top Pot Coffee for, for uh, what, what kind of donuts are those that were so good? Um Glazed, yeah, honey, uh, not, not honey glazed, but it yeah, it was uh, a glazed, glazed cake donut. It's glazed there. cruller, not a cake donut. No, I it can't was remember. a cake donut. It was a glazed uh, cake donut, know. but whatever one they're famous for. Uh, the Mariners, by the way, they lost last night, but otherwise they they had won eight in a row. Lost the three games, uh, the two games that we saw, the three games uh, over the weekend to the Orioles. I'm sorry, lost. The two games that we saw to the Orioles and then one of the Royals and then won eight in a row again. So we were the real... Uh, you guys were the yeah. bad luck or we're the, the only, good we're luck. We're the only you, the people that start. can, can uh, defeat the Mariners. As a retired college basketball coach, writes Karen, including four years as, as an assistant at St. Mike's in Vermont, go Purple Knights. I enjoy Rebecca's work on the college game and WNBA. Rebecca, you were wearing your St. Mike's shirt. On our walk the other day. Yeah, you mm-hmm. were. Rebecca, the number of college women basketball players enduring ACL injuries is astounding. Are you aware of any changes college trainers are making to avoid this injury? In my college years, my teammates and I played three sports. I believe the use of different muscle groups prevented some of these injuries. Eager to hear if there is work being done on this front. Best wishes to DGS and all the Russians. Karen from St. Pete Beach, Florida. Thank you, Karen. Rebecca, I will hang up and listen. Yeah, there's lots of work being done because it is a huge problem for female athletes. Um, They tear their ACLs at a much higher rate than male athletes. And so one of the things that um, strength trainers and and physical therapists um, are doing with, uh, with athletes is helping them learn how to absorb force because most of the time when you're, you're, tearing an ACL, it's uh, landing after jumping or quickly turning and moving. So uh, even before athletes have injuries, they try to, they're trying to work with them on um, strengthening not only the area around their knees, but their hips, learning how to land, learning, um, you know, how to not let your knees come in when you're landing. So just a lot of not only strengthening, but form exercises to try to, um, prevent athletes from putting in their their knees in positions where um, they're prone to tears, but it's still a a big problem for female athletes. And uh, playing multiple sports, do you think helps? I think so. I I, I mean, you and I are the same in that we are both big proponents of playing multiple sports. Um, It's hard because kids are trying to specialize, usually when they're pretty young, but in, especially when they get to high school, it's rare now that you have the three-sport athlete. Um, but, you know, I'm not a trainer or physical therapist, but I, I would think <laughs> that, uh, you know, using all the different muscle groups in different ways can only benefit athletes, um, you know, who are playing the multiple sports. Well, let's continue our uh, our Pacific Northwest theme here, Rebecca. Okay. Greetings from Walla Walla. Nice. Uh, this is Lori with an I. Lori from Walla Walla. She writes, Rebecca and Steve, "'Tis always a pleasure to have the Ball and Chain podcast as a soundtrack of my drives between Walla Walla, Washington, where I reside, and other parts of the great Pacific Northwest, where I work and where my daughters live. You came to the PNW and enjoyed it. It's a wonderful place for a family vacation, and this time of year is the best time of year. Did somebody tell you recently about Yes, uh, our pediatrician all this. of all places. where One of our kids was at the pediatrician for their yearly physical and uh, we mentioned just getting back from Seattle. She said, oh, I'm going to Seattle next week to visit. I think it was a family member for a wedding or something. And she said, I, oh, I love going out to Seattle. I only visit in August. Now, didn't you uh, train in Seattle when you were in the yes, W? Jennifer Rosati and I trained 1999. We were training. We were working with um, a coach out there. So we were out there for two weeks in February and it rained every single day, and it was overcast every single day. The weather was atrocious. It didn't matter because we were in a gym the whole time, but holy cow, the weather was awful. And um, and then now I only go out there in the summer to cover the WNBA, and it's perfect. About that Seattle uh, Storm game you went to, I was there too. My summer job is directing the Storm home telecast for all the various platforms on which they appear. 
At the end of that game, my ears were ringing with the screaming and squealing of all the campers in attendance. I wish I had known the Russian Lobo clan was there that day. Uh-huh. Well, we did sort of sneak in yeah. just before just before tip. We, we were delayed by the, the uh Well, we never told the story bag of the bag. I think yes. we did. I don't think we did. Are you sure? Did we? I think we might have. That when we came in, our daughter was one of our daughters was carrying a tote bag that she loves from a concert, and even though it was empty, empty and and, and canvas and it, like um, I, I could fold it up into a pocket square size and stick it in my back pocket. They they said she had to throw it away or go two blocks down the road to Dick's to rent a locker because you're so. not allowed to bring bags into the game that aren't clear. And we're just like, you've got to be kidding me. We, maybe we had to tell the story. Yeah, anyway, and- so she threw it away. And before we were leaving, uh, as we were leaving the arena, I, I said, let me go check that trash can. Went over, looked down in the trash can, and voila, her w- bag was there. Voila. Walla, walla, walla. Exactly. Her bag was there. The, the walla, walla, voila. <laughs> we rescued the bag. Um, unbe- it was unbelievable. So anyway, the, the uh, we maybe maybe that's the second rendition of that story. I don't remember if we told it or not. I must have my good thoughts for Dr. Gary Siegel. My wish for you is that you have adventures and meet cool people and anything that makes you smile and brings you joy on your road to recovery and beyond. With fondness, Lori from Walla Walla. Walla. P.S. The Pac-12 don't even get me started. Now it's funny you, you say seen that. The latest because I what's the latest. At least I saw last night that Cal, Stanford, and SMU might be joining the ACC in football and basketball. Okay. I The, the guy sitting next to me at the second Mariners game that we attended, I attended with our son was uh, a big Oregon uh, guy from Portland. And I asked him about the Pac-12, what he thought about, I mean, the Big Ten, the dissolution of the Pac-12 and Oregon going to the Big Ten. And he he's you know, he stated the obvious that it was, you know, a big money grab and all that. But he was actually looking forward at 70 years old to uh, visiting the big house, the horseshoe, all the Big Ten stadiums that he uh, had seen on TV over the years but had never actually visited. So I think he's probably looking more looking forward to visiting uh, Big Ten schools than some of the, you know, Oregon softball players perhaps. But right. Well – I mean, I, I just saw it as a quick headline. I think I was scrolling through social media last night. But um, the idea of Stanford and uh, Bay Area, Stanford and Cal and the Atlantic Coast Conference is just um, just ridiculous. As opposed to the Pacific 12? Yes. I mean, it seems to make less sense. Unbelievable. Hello, RNS, writes uh, Ted from the LES, Ted from the Lower East Side. Glad to hear you enjoyed Mount Rainier. I'm in Hillsboro, Oregon, outside Portland, for a wedding taking place at a vineyard. Proprietors are aunt and uncle of the bride. And planning to head up to Olympic National Park, western part of Washington State, for a few days after the wedding. Uh, we, we considered driving down to, to Oregon, but, mm-hmm. but then we, we didn't. Rather than the traditional term wedding, rather than the traditional term wedding, they're actually referring to the event as a love quest fest. And it is for sure a non-traditional event. Last night at the rehearsal, out-of-towners, whoever can make it to dinner, there was a talent show. My son and I butchered who's on first, but it kind of worked. Wombat Girl created the most stir. Woman, 30-ish, brought out a laptop, professed her love and admiration for wombats, and went through a slideshow, the highlight of which was the geometry of their droppings. Whenever there was a dull moment during the evening, the chant of square poop reverberated around the vineyard. Uh, do, do, do wombats have square poop? I- Love Fest Quest, how great would it be if it was DJed by... Questlove? Yes. Let's read on. My daughter, who I may have mentioned once, twice, or more in my emails, just finished a national musical tour, wrote a new song for the occasion, which was very well received. Other acts ranged from singing elves to eating donuts on a string without hands to failed origami and speed reciting prepositions with a human draped upside down around her neck. The bride's talent with the groom hanging... All in all, very fun and a great way to meet everyone. This reminds me of uh, our latest comedy classes. Our our, our youngest uh, for comedy classes every night. Our our youngest uh, has been requesting uh, old, usually from the eighties, David Letterman stupid human tricks mm-hmm. segments, and uh, these sound a lot like Dave's stupid human tricks. 
uh, her favorites being uh, the guy who stopped the uh, aluminum fan with his tongue and uh, the lady who could kind of pop out pop her eyeballs out of out of her socket oh uh, which uh, oh no just what you want to be seeing as you as yes. you drift off to dreamland how often did he do those back in the day not was not very like often because like the one we, the one we watched last night he said we haven't done this in a long time but it was always uh, this is just a comp- this is just an exhibition it is not a competition please no wagering that was always the the That's introduction and the ones uh, on the NBC show in the 80s were almost exclusively uh College students, usually males, and they, you know, you know, who are, what's your name, where are you from? My name's, you know, mm-hmm. Larry, and I'm from Southern Illinois University. Oh, the Salukis, and then they would do some kind of a frat thing. Where, you know, mm-hmm. the guy would put a beer glass on his head, lower himself to the ground, he'd grab the beer between his knees, and put the beer glass on the ground, and then drink it. You know, uh, from the ground, he was going to he was going to get the beer off off of his head and drink it without touching it, you know, with his hands, that kind of a thing. So you could you could imagine the origins of these things right. on the college campus. Ted on his wedding tonight for the wedding guests were advised not to wear black or white and to dress colorfully. I dressed in a bright orange suit. You may want to put on sunglasses before viewing the attached picture. And Rebecca, the picture is uh, quite something. I'm curious where where Ted got this uh, orange suit, orange tie, and um, orange sunglasses. Oh, that's so great with a black shirt. An or- I mean, the orange suit. I'm talking orange pants. It's a blue shirt. It's a sh- Oh, it is? But yes. it's, a, it's a suit. It's an orange suit. Yeah. Orange tie and a, a dark colored button-down shirt. Early in the evening, a woman approached me, said she's in a Formula One fan group, and one of her friends is all about Max Verstappen, and, quote, I must take a picture with you. Thanks to the DGS via the BNC podcast, I actually knew who she was talking about. Max evidently is all about orange, owing to his Dutch heritage. The Dutch national football team is known as the Orange, and their fans, the Orange Legion. A different wedding guest who may or may not know who Max Verstappen is commented that my blue shirt and orange suit were the Mets colors. Oh. Following up on Steve's almost missed flight in Atlanta when I changed time zones driving from Alabama to Georgia, seven years ago, my son and I were flying to Atlanta to visit Emory University and meet with their baseball coach on our way to Fort Myers, Florida for a baseball tournament with his summer team. They got to play in Red Sox and Twins spring training facilities, which was quite awesome. I booked a 9.30 flight, which would get us to Atlanta in plenty of time. When we arrived at Newark at 7.30 to check our bags, I was told we were too early to check in, which I was surprised at since it was only two hours before our flight. In a humbling moment, I was advised that I had accidentally booked a 9.30 p.m. flight, which would be way too late for our scheduled meeting. Oh, no. Uh, A very sympathetic United Airlines ticket agent found seats on an upcoming Delta flight in a different terminal, but it was too late to check our bags. I sent my son ahead, instructed him to grab a cab in Atlanta so he could meet the coach, and I would meet him later in the day with a rental car. Ten minutes later, he called to tell me the Delta flight was delayed an hour. My flight was switched. I checked our bags, and we were on our way. Ultimately, Sun did not go to Emory, and after a cup of coffee with the baseball team at SUNY New Paltz, ultimate frisbee became his college sport. D3 in varsity sports, they are D1 in club ultimate frisbee, which, as a benefit to him, had quite the party ethic. As always, wishing all the best to DGS, Ted from the LES. Uh, hard to believe that uh, he played ultimate frisbee with the party ethic uh, when, when you see Ted in his orange suit, orange shades, uh, clutching what looks to be a uh, some kind of an orange beverage, but uh, uh, our daughter played ultimate frisbee freshman year for a few practices, or I don't yeah. know that she actually engaged in, a, in an actual competition. But it was a good. Uh, I don't know that she made the travel squad. I don't know. She may not have made the fifty-man roster at cutdowns. Mark from Middleton, Wisconsin. Middleton, Wisconsin. Why did I say that twice? I don't, I don't know. know. Writes, uh, greetings, Rebecca and Steve. Your recent discussions about Geritol commercials, play school sets, and when you used to have to buy the ceramic dog on Wheel of Fortune pretty much cemented it that this mid-50s listener sits squarely in the typical B&C demographic. Rebecca, you did not remember the ceramic Dalmatians on uh, Wheel of Fortune. Mm, no, but you did. I did. Uh, but do I, writes Mark. I remember way back when you had some stats about where the pod was popular. Any recent stats on that? How does Wisconsin rate, and can you bring it down? break it down by age? Thanks for keeping the pod going. Still ad-free and still tremendous. Mark in Middleton. Now, when we started doing the pod, I remember we created the map and we were, was it Maryland, West Virginia? No, it was Delaware. The map was created. Delaware. You just printed it and then you would color in. Yeah, when we had heard from somebody from from said state. Um, And Delaware was the last holdout. Right. Um, But but has long since been 
colored in. But I haven't checked that uh, app with with all of the where people are listening from and 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 have you? No. In, in ages, because for a long time we had it. We had a. Uh, we had well, this it. was the the map was about who wrote in though. Yeah, but 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 there was an app, there's an app that that tells us where people are listening. Right. I'll check that again. Yes. Right. I haven't checked that in a really but long it was, time. You know, people. It was always you know. Don't worry, it's not the street address. It just says like the city and. State. Oh no no no! It's not a it's not it's not a map. It's, it would say like countries though. It would you yeah. know it was listened to in, in these various countries and, and presumably somebody who was a downloader there while they were while they were. Overseas for work or something? What did well, you here, guess? Actually, let me see. So our, in the last seven days, the top locations, number one, Oxnard. Oxnard. Oxnard, California? I don't know where that is. You Norwalk. know where Oxnard is? I mean, I've heard of it. I, is it in, it's in California? California, Norwalk, Boardman. Let's see. I mean, is that is that trolling us now? Boardman? I don't know. Exactly. In top locations, of course, the United for countries, United States, second is Canada, and then Ireland. And this is just in the last seven days. Interesting. So in the last seven days, we've had people in Canada and Ireland listening to the podcast. Well, of course, we have resident Canadians cool. and Canadian residents. True. I expanded it further. So in just the last seven days, we've had, obviously, people in the United States listening, Canada, Ireland, Denmark, Germany, Greece, Hungary, Iceland, Israel, Spain, and the UK. Come on, South Africans. Why aren't you listening to the podcast? I think if they're not listening, they're not hearing your plea for them to listen. In the last seven days. Yeah, that's pretty good. Pretty good. That's a global reach right there. Global reach. That sounds like a sinister multinational corporation, doesn't it? Yeah, global totally. reach. And finally, uh, DGS. Dr. Siegel, hello. We've got a couple from Dr. Siegel because we, we um, were we off for a week? I don't remember at this point. Oh, no, he, no. Wrote, in, he wrote in on uh, a Sunday, usually files on Monday, and, and I think we have a second one from him here. Uh, yes, yeah, so we've got a couple of reports from Dr. Siegel, which is great to hear. The first... Dr. Siegel writes, thanks to you guys and Denny for making a fun hour each week. I'm sure that it takes some resources to make the pod happy, and this is great community service, albeit an eclectic one, that we all enjoy. Immaculate Grid is hard. Likely Steve aces it. I do not ace Immaculate Grid. Uh, oftentimes I I give up after one or two attempts. We noticed the other day, Rebecca, that there's a WNBA grid now. Yeah, I think her hoop stats puts it out on their uh on their Twitter feed. Yeah, for people who don't know what we're talking about, just Google Immaculate Grid, but it's, you know, usually trying to find somebody who played for the Pittsburgh Pirates and also played for the California Angels at some point in their career. And um and it is um if you're interested in the WNBA version, it is her hoop stats that has WNB WNBA grid game. Uh, thanks to viewers who sent good wishes. He uh, congratulates Holly and uh, says we had a nice vacation. The attached picture is after my niece who made a house call for a haircut and beard trim. She is a hairdresser during um, radiation. No shaving is allowed. Another treatment uses electromagnetic waves on my head, uh, which must be shaved and connected to a gizmo 18 to 24 hours, except for bathing and other stuff. I'm going to see how things look after the head has been shaved and go from there. My fam wants me to keep the beard. Uh, I don't have anything cool to send like George. George sent us the Ponsonet. I've I've tried it on, and and they really should be my go-to. You said they work great. They work. Um, they, they look they ridiculous, work amazingly well. but they look they work great. They they do look. I mean, they look ridiculous, but in a in a um, kind of Ben Franklin kind of way. And what do we think? Oh, he looks great. So the beard is is trimmed, and uh, he does. He looks. He looks. Uh, it looks fantastic. So, as somebody who who hasn't uh, had to worry about his hair in some decades, uh, speaking of yourself, of speaking course. of myself, yeah, of course. Uh, and then a second in the second uh, uh, epistle sent the following day, Doctor Siegel writes, um, "Dear Rebecca and Steve, another Monday night, and I'm in the hospital for more rehab. One, lots of Braves games on TV." Watched the Braves last night. They beat the Mets seven nothing. Mm-hmm. Two. My wife has me on a baby monitor with two-way sounds. One of the granddaughters doesn't know it has sound. The other does. 
three, thanks so much to all the well-wishers as I have not kept track as well as I would have liked. You did post an Insta- uh, you posted a photo of Dr. Siegel on Instagram, and he had tons of comments wishing him well. Yes, lots and lots and lots. I don't know if Dr. Siegel is on Instagram, but if he goes to the ball and chain, um, it's on Instagram, it's ball and chain podcast. If he goes there or if somebody he does, if he wants to see underneath the picture, um, there's about 50 comments of people sending well wishes. And what's the Instagram handle? Ball and chain podcast. And, and our and our Gmail address again is? Uh... At ball, that's at ball and chain pod oh, at gmail.com. There's no at ball. Well, Ball and chain pod oh. at gmail.com yeah. is the Gmail, obviously. And ball and chain podcast is the Instagram. Okay. Four, as always, thanks for the podcast as it is an enjoyable hour during the week. All the best, Gary, and, and all the best uh, back to you, Gary. Yep, all the best. Lots uh, and lots of good thoughts. And the Braves are uh, just, just tearing through. Uh, Major League Baseball. So as he spends his uh, time watching the Braves, I'm hoping that, uh, you know, I'll just say it. I'm rooting for the Braves because uh, Dr. Siegel's rooting for the Braves. Yep. So without question. What uh, what else do we have, Rebecca, this week? Anything? Um, I think that's it. We've got uh, Monday. I've got the big fourth meeting between the New York Liberty and the Vegas Aces at Barclays Center in Brooklyn. So I'll be calling that game on Monday. And uh, that's it. Kids start school next week, or our youngest does. The high schoolers start the following week. Sports tryouts, fall sports, high school fall sports tryouts start this week. Getting back into the swing of things around here. That's all I got. That's all I got. Denny, thank you. Tom DeCari, play us out. Saying says no pain, no gain, and we found that to be fact. The road might twist and turn a bit, but we all arrive intact. Mr. Mom and Mrs. Dad having each other's back. Day by day just to keep it sane Who's the ball and who's the chain It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane Six of us and the family pet Live in the cuckoo nest Daily grind puts sanity To a daily test Androgynous and vigorous What we give for a little rest it's day by day just to keep it sane Who's the ball and who's the chain? It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane.